This is the Magic Music Podcast. I'm Nate Paff. This is part two of the Beatles' best albums. We're down to the final three. The Beatles' three best albums are so good, and the differences in strength between them so minimal, that they're almost impossible to rank. How strongly you feel about just one or two songs on each of these albums can make the difference between whether it's your favorite or your third favorite. Like, do you think A Day in the Life from Pepper is one of their best songs? Do you think the George Harrison songs on Abbey Road belong in the top tier of great Beatles songs? Do you love the three George songs on Revolver? These are very personal questions. The other important questions to consider when comparing these albums are, how high are the peaks? How many peaks are there? And how low are the low points? So essentially, what is the median height of the mountain range? And the ultimate question is the Desert Island question. If we could only have one to listen to for the rest of our lives, which would it be? A quick recap of the list so far. Let It Be is at number seven, Rubber Soul at six, Magical Mystery Tour at number five, and The White Album at four. Number three, Abbey Road. This was for years my favorite album. It was the first Beatles album I came across, and when I discovered it, I was floored. It was like traveling to a strange new country and finding an intimate lover of incredible range and depth. The first love always holds a special place in the heart. I see Come Together as the greatest opening track to any rock album in history. The lack of cohesion heard on the White Album is clearly not a factor on Abbey Road. They're firing on all cylinders. And by this point, George has developed into a true peer of Lennon and McCartney. George's songs are among the album's best. When George's songs are great, like they are on all three of these top albums, it takes the album to a different level. The second side of Abbey Road is definitely one of the band's crowning achievements. It rivals the second side of Magical Mystery Tours, the best side of any rock album. The stretch from Here Comes the Sun to Golden Slumbers unequivocally belongs in the pantheon of great music ever recorded. What a way to go out as a band. It's like Michael Jordan sinking the game winner against Utah in 1998, going out on top. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Chicago with the lead! Smart and savvy, knowing exactly which moves to play and when to play them. The Michael Jordan of 1998 was a lot like the Beatles of 1969. Clearly the best, with an unrivaled resume at the end of an iconic stretch of greatness. But was the Jordan of 98 the very best version of Jordan? Jordan at the peak of his powers? Not really. The early 90s Jordan, when he was younger and more explosive, was his true apex. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move by Jordan! It counts! And the foul! In the same way, the younger version of the Beatles, the 1966-67 version, when they were more fresh and explosive, was when they reached their true apex. Abbey Road doesn't have the same unbroken energy that Pepper and Revolver have. There isn't the same sense of novelty and discovery. At this point, they're fully matured as musicians, and it's marvelous to hear. But for the extremely talented, youthful energy often yields more consistent and powerful results than maturity. Just because Abbey Road is not number one doesn't in any way diminish from its greatness. It's rock music of the highest order. It's the most talented band of the 20th century, fully grown, worn out, but still hungry to make a statement, pushing to prove to themselves and the world the magic was still there. Abbey Road is filled with magic. So it comes down to the final two, Sgt. Pepper versus Revolver. Two completely different albums released consecutively, separated by only nine months. When Revolver was released in August of 1966, John was 25, Ringo was 26, Paul was 24, and George was only 23. 
They're still shockingly young, but history shows us that this isn't unusual. The great talents usually reach their creative peaks while still young. Einstein was only 26 during his miracle year when he published four separate papers, each of which would change the course of history. Michelangelo was 24 when he finished the Pieta, and 26 when he started the David. For the Beatles, the songs from 1966 to 67 were leaps and bounds ahead of their previous work. To think that the album Help was released less than two years prior to Sgt. Pepper, no band in history has undergone that degree of change in that short of a period. Radiohead was maybe the closest with the Benz to OK Computer to Kid A, but that was over five years. In just two years, the Beatles transformed from heartthrob pop stars singing about girls and heartache into profound, extraordinarily innovative and multidimensional recording artists. They went from making young girls cry to making adults cry. Pepper and Revolver were the last two albums before manager Brian Epstein died, which is when John says the band really started to break up. So which is the better album, Pepper or Revolver? I don't think there can be a definitive answer, but maybe the only way to get some clarity is by doing a song-by-song -song comparison and breakdown of each of the albums. Doing a song-by-song -song breakdown should allow for a more scientific type of analysis. So we'll start with track one, Taxman versus the Sgt. Pepper intro. Taxman is one of the great opening songs to any album ever. The funky bass line, the tight guitar riffs, the strength of George's songwriting, the exceptional vocal harmonies, Paul showing his incredible versatility by ripping out an excellent guitar solo. The Sgt. Pepper intro is great for introducing a narrative flow to the album. It showcases the band's new alter ego and is more rock and roll than the Beatles' typical sound. But when comparing the two songs, it's really not close. Taxman, Clear Edge. Track 2, Eleanor Rigby versus With a Little Help From My Friends. Two amazing songs. A Little Help From My Friends has wonderful vocal harmonies and a real sweetness. The call and response between the band members works beautifully. It's also a great introduction to the distinct production value of Sgt. Pepper. It manages to sound distant and echoey while also very close and intimate. Ringo acting as the front man reinforces the concept of Sgt. Pepper being a band distinct from the Beatles while demonstrating the extraordinary range of vocal sounds the Beatles could produce. The fact that they can pull out their fourth most important band member from behind the drums to effectively front the band on an opening track to their most historic album, this is why the Beatles are one of a kind. No band has come close to the strength and variety of their vocal sounds. But Revolver's Eleanor Rigby is in the Mount Rushmore conversation. In terms of songwriting alone, it might be their best song. So many haunting lines can't think of any other rock song with lyrics this poetic and powerful, and it's aged so well. Exploring the loneliness and emptiness of everyday life feels more relevant now in our digital age than ever before, and I suspect it'll only become more relevant as we dive deeper into the digital world. I give the edge to Eleanor Rigby. Track 3, I'm Only Sleeping versus Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Two spacey John songs, both about altered states, one more blatantly so than the other. They're similar in John's unique nasal, psychedelic vocal delivery. The background vocals and harmonies on both are first-rate. Lucy in the Sky is certainly the more iconic song and has such a unique sound. The psychedelic electric guitar linking up with John's dreamy melodies, the hallucinogenic lyrics, the ethereal background vocal transitions. John's vocal melodies coming out of the chorus are superb. I think Pepper has John's best background vocal work. It's part of what gives Pepper its distinct psychedelic feel. But I find the chorus of Lucy in the Sky to be a weak link. The lead up to the chorus and coming out of the chorus are the highlights of the song, but the chorus shifts from 3-4 time to 4-4, and it sounds kind of generic and out of place. I just don't think the chorus is held up well. Comparing Lucy to I'm Only Sleeping, I'm Only Sleeping is certainly the more understated song. 
It has a psychedelic feel without the excess. It completes what I believe is the greatest opening three-song stretch of any album in history. Revolver's Taxman to Eleanor Rigby to I'm Only Sleeping. There's such a freshness and range of sounds and styles on these opening three tracks. George to Paul to John. Each song feels complete and entirely unique, with the clarity and energy that can only be found in the Beatles of 1966. I'm Only Sleeping is an amazing song. I feel like I can go to it anytime, anywhere. It's incredibly durable and has lots of subtle nuances to appreciate with each listen. It's a great example of John's genius when it comes to melody and songwriting. Simple, accessible, with depth and originality. Paul's accompanying vocals on I'm Only Sleeping are wonderful. John and Paul singing together is arguably the greatest sound that you can find in pop rock music. If I had to choose between these two incredible songs, I'd give a slight edge to I'm Only Sleeping. Track 4, Love You Too versus Getting Better. This one is not close. Getting Better is Tier 1 Pantheon Beatles. It's Paul on bass at his absolute best. Yes, some of the lyrics haven't aged well and the chorus can sound less than great on the wrong kind of speakers. But the song's rhythm, the synergy between Paul and George and Ringo, the energy that just explodes out of the speakers, it's one of the best rock songs ever made. I think it's the best song on Pepper. Love You Too from Revolver is a nice song. The sitar adds another flavor to the eclectic sounds of the album. The layered vocal harmonies are excellent. With Revolver, George's songwriting definitely took a big leap forward. I think all three of his songs on Revolver are either very good or excellent, but this is my least favorite of the three George songs on Revolver. Track four, Getting Better, clearly the better song. Track five, Here, There, and Everywhere versus Fixing a Hole. Two completely different Paul songs. These two songs show his versatility as a songwriter. Here, There, and Everywhere was a song I loved initially, but hasn't aged very well for me. It's very Paul and could have benefited from some of John's edge. They were at their best when balancing each other out. And the bare bones instrumentation doesn't really lead to continued discovery after many listens. The song is definitely not as interesting as Fixing a Hole. Fixing a Hole utilizes some of the same kind of bare bones instrumentation initially and then slowly builds layers as the song progresses. The songwriting is top tier Paul, describing the wandering mind from a detached view. It shows Paul brimming with confidence and the background vocals and guitar work are wonderful. Clear edge to Fixing a Hole. Track six. Yellow Submarine versus She's Leaving Home. Comparing these two songs is really hard. She's Leaving Home is the more artistically accomplished and will likely garner more adoration from critics over Yellow Submarine. But I've actually found Yellow Submarine to be the more durable song. It's actually pretty nuanced and has interesting vocal harmonies. For 18 months, my son asked to listen to Yellow Submarine every single day. It was his favorite song, and by listen 120, it still wasn't driving me crazy. It spawned a movie and another album, and is also the more uplifting song compared to She's Leaving Home. For track six, I'm giving a slight edge to Yellow Submarine. Track seven, She Said, She Said versus Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. This one is close. The guitar sound of She Said is certainly a standout on Revolver. The shining, crashing brilliance of the electric guitar is definitely one of Revolver's more lasting impressions. John's songwriting is mysterious and trippy, but She Said is not as trippy as Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Being for the Benefit is one of the highlights of Pepper. It's a vital part of what gives Pepper its outrageous feel. The song has aged really well for me. It's highly effective psychedelic rock with lots of nuance and incredible variety of sounds. Paul's work on bass is exceptional. Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite covers a wider range of abstract terrain and is more imaginative, so for track seven, I give the edge to Pepper. Track 8, Good Day Sunshine versus Within You Without You. Talk about two completely different songs. Are these really from the same band? 
I've generally viewed Good Day Sunshine from Revolver as the worst song on the album, but I just listened to it and it's not that bad. But it's a song I usually skip. Within You Without You, on the other hand, is an extraordinary song. George takes the Indian sounds he introduced in the last two albums to a totally different level. Within You Without You is profound and is psychedelic without being druggy. It adds such a richness to the sound of Sgt. Pepper. In many ways, this song is the heart of the album, clear edge to Within You Without You. Track 9, And Your Bird Can Sing versus When I'm 64. This is another close one. And Your Bird Can Sing is for me the greatest what-if song the Beatles ever released. There's a version of And Your Bird Can Sing that they released in 1996 as part of the second anthology album. It's a take during rehearsal while they were developing the song. It has, in my opinion, a better sound than the cut that made the album. The bass is deeper and richer and has a better melody. The vocal harmonies are more dynamic. And the guitar has a softer, sweeter sound. They apparently felt that the guitar work on this version was too derivative of the band The Birds, which I don't agree with. And the Beatles elected to go for a harder kind of rock and roll sound. It's a shame because if they kept the style that we hear on the anthology version, I would give it the edge over When I'm 64. But as they stand, When I'm 64 has the more timeless sound. It's a song that goes great with serious long-term relationships, and I think the lyrics only get better as you grow and get closer to the age of 64. Paul's vocal versatility is on full display, and he sounds different on this track than any of the other songs on the album. They sped up the recording to make him sound younger. John's background vocals are also wonderful, and the clarinet trio works really well and adds to the range of sounds we hear on Pepper. I give the edge to Pepper with When I'm 64. Track 10, For No One versus Lovely Rita. Lovely Rita is a nice example of the kind of love songs the Beatles were writing by 1967. It's a far cry from I Want to Hold Your Hand. John's background vocals are again the song's real standout. The last 30 seconds of the song is clearly a drug-induced, tripped-out arrangement that isn't that interesting. For No One on Revolver, on the other hand, is an understated masterpiece. The songwriting is simple and beautiful, and the music holds up really well after many listens. It's a song that works well anytime, anywhere. I give an edge to Revolver with For No One. Track 11, Dr. Robert versus Good Morning, Good Morning. Good Morning, Good Morning is a great rock and roll song. The guitar work, the drumming, the infectious rhythm. The strength of the music overshadows what I see as a pretty weak songwriting effort from John. Lyrically, it's certainly not one of his best. On the other hand, Dr. Robert might be the Beatles' most brilliant song. Even today, it still sounds like a song from the future. No other band has been able to match the kind of shining vocal clarity and richness we hear on Dr. Robert. The harmonies, the crashing, ecstatic electric guitar work. For me, this is definitely Mount Rushmore Beatles, and is my favorite song on Revolver. Definite edge to Dr. Robert. Track 12, I Want to Tell You versus the Sgt. Pepper Reprise. The Pepper Reprise is great with its upbeat rock and roll sound, but I see it more as a narrative device than a musical statement. It's pretty short, and it's not a song I would go to the album to listen to on its own. On the other hand, I Want to Tell You is superb. The three-part vocal harmonies are nothing short of exceptional. And Paul manages to build suspense on the bass and tell a story like no other bassist can. I give the edge to Revolver, and I Want to Tell You. Track 13. It's tricky comparing songs and albums of different lengths. Revolver has one more song than Pepper, but Pepper is the longer album. In an attempt at fairness, I'll combine the last two tracks of Revolver to compare it to the last track of Pepper. That way the comparison is measuring about the same quantity of music, and it doesn't make sense to give an extra point to Revolver for having one more song when it's actually the shorter album. I Know a Day in the Life, the final song on Pepper, is one of their more celebrated songs. Rolling Stone ranked it as the number one Beatles song. 
The transition from the previous track to the beginning of A Day in the Life is awesome. It's pure magic. But I personally don't think A Day in the Life has aged well. Lyrically, it's just not that interesting. John's singing is great, but I can think of 20 other John songs with vocals as good as or even better, and with a better melody. Paul's section is pretty cool, but I suspect the main appeal of the song is that for its time, it was something completely different. The orchestral buildup, the song's distinct segments, its frantic ending. It was something completely new in 1967. But to a younger generation, I don't think A Day in the Life presents anything new or exceptional. Its musical layers are pretty basic, and it lacks the throbbing energy that is so powerful throughout most of Sgt. Pepper. Track 13 on Revolver, Gotta Get You Into My Life, is a very Paul song. It's fun and lively and full of energy. The highlight is definitely the closing 30 seconds, when George comes in with the electric guitar and closes it out in spectacular fashion. It's definitely one of the best final 30 seconds of any Beatles song. And the final track on Revolver, Tomorrow Never Knows, sounds like a Sgt. Pepper song before there was Sgt. Pepper. Only John could pull off writing a song like Tomorrow Never Knows. And only the Beatles could so effectively blend Eastern and Western styles and produce songs that were easily accessible while also having great depth. So for the final track, I give Revolver the edge. That brings the final tally to Revolver 8, Sgt. Pepper 5. So following the song-by-song -song comparison, I have Revolver as the better album. Another way to compare them is by listing their tracks in order of best to worst, and then comparing them side-by-side -side in that order. This allows for more equal head-to-head matchups. Following this method, Revolver still comes out ahead by virtually the same margin. It does show, however, that if I had to choose between the best seven tracks from Revolver and Pepper, I would choose Pepper. But the next six tracks at the bottom of the list all go to Revolver, showing Revolver is the more consistent album. Both albums have their own set of strengths. The album covers are representative of the differences between them. Pepper is more colorful and striking. It's more focused on making a grand artistic statement. Revolver is a little more understated. It's not as interested in exploring the bizarre. It's less eager to impress. The sounds of Revolver have a little more of an acquired element. It's not an album to be heard two or three times and then fully understood. It's the kind of album to get alone and go deep with. It might peak after listening to it 5 or 15 or 50 times. Pepper is a better album for a social setting. It's a great album to have on at a party or with friends. Both albums are so good. How strongly you feel about just one or two songs on each of them can be the difference in which one you give the edge. So that's my list. When comparing great albums, the final question we need to ask is, if you could only have one for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Would I choose Revolver over Sgt. Pepper and Abbey Road? Right now, sure. Next year, maybe not. I'm just happy that we have all their music to listen to, and it's always fun to talk Beatles. Thanks for listening. <laughs>